This is Chris. Welcome to episode 338 of X Lapsed, where I'm very confused today. And I was going to say it has nothing to do with the issue we're about to discuss, but uh, well, there might be a few confusing things in there. But uh, right now in my real life, I'm dealing with taxes and tax law. And uh, boy, you know how uh, confusing tax law is? It's uh, it's almost like it's uh, it's designed to trip people up. Hmm. Go figure. I'm also at a point where, I think I mentioned this on the blog, I might have mentioned it in a recent uh, broadcast, I can't remember to be honest, I feel like I've lost the ability to find words, you know, I'm sitting here with a script or I'm sitting at a blog post and I'm, you know, setting up a sentence or a, or a phrase or whatever, and I just can't find the right words. I feel like I'm getting dumber by the day. It's like a flowers for Algernon sort of situation where I just am, uh, even now, I'm stammering. I can't think of words <laughs> that work. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll hope for the best here as we uh, wrap up one half of our Zlato, Zlato coverage with the X-Lives of Wolverine number five. This had a May 2022 cover date. The story's called The Living End, written by Benjamin Percy. Art, Joshua Cassara, Colors, Flank, Fra- Flank, no, Frank Martin, Letters, VCs, Corey Petit, Designs, Tom Muller, Edits, Baumgartner, Basso, White, Sabolski, cover price, five bucks. This one went on sale on March 16 of 2022. Now, we pick up right where we left off last issue, last issue of X-Lives, that is, with Wolverine's claws ran right through Charles Xavier's shoulders. Now, the thing of it is, Gene and the Prof have lost connection with Logan, and they are desperately trying to find him wherever he is, lost in his own head, his own lives. You know the deal. Kinda. Now, in the background, we got several dozen iterations of Wolverine tiled all about. It's a very busy page, but it's also a really nice-looking page. I'll name a few of the Wolverines we see here. We've got uh, the uh, regular blue and gold Wolverine, a younger Logan... We got Patch, we got Team X Logan, we got Wild Wild West Wolverine, which we really haven't seen much of, Kid Logan, Logan wearing a headband. It's like we're, it's almost like we're building a toy line here. It's like this is the uh, headband variant. Uh, We got Wolverine in, I want to say his Morrison era New X-Men duds. We got Weapon X, we got a close-up on Logan's eye. We got Hulk 181 Wolverine, another blue and gold, Old Man Logan, which... I thought it was established that that was a different guy altogether. Or not not a different guy so much, but like like not this Wolverine, right? Not, not the 616 Logan. 
Uh, we get another blue and gold. We get yet another blue and gold. We get Origin Era Logan, World War One Wolverine, Wolverine in a kimono screaming. That sounds like it should be like under a painting in a gallery. Wolverine in a kimono screaming. Uh, Wolverine with a big old mustache. We got X-Force Black and Gray Wolverine. Uh, I mean, you probably get the point, right? And like I said, it's a busy, 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 but very, very nice page. Now, while Xavier tries to regain contact with Logan, Jean is there trying to keep the Omega Redification from setting in completely. Basically, she's trying to hold Arcady at bay to facilitate this attempted psychic rescue. From here, we get a few more random shots from Wolverine's past, and uh, they all look like they might be from that original Sin storyline back in 2008. I'm not sure what this is trying to suggest other than perhaps Logan is just lost in his own mind and memory. I don't know. Double-page spread of roll, call, and cred, and... Boy, we got a lot of these. Um, now, we're gonna go, as we've been doing for the X-Lives issues, we're gonna go from location to character here. So, we got Krakoa, and we'll say it's Life 10, because it says Krakoa X. Our characters include Logan in red, because he's been Omega Redified, Charles Xavier, Jean Grey, Omega Red, and Mikhail Rasputin. The Middle East, Life 9, Logan, this is Incredible Hulk 181 version. We haven't seen much of this life. I think we saw like just a random smattering of panels, maybe maybe just one panel where he's like fighting a uh, like a dude at like an open air market or something. Now we got Canada, Life 8, where we see Logan and Dr. Abraham Cornelius. This is uh, you know Department H. Columbia Life 7, Logan in bold. I don't know why his name's in bold, but um, it is. We also got Sabretooth and Charles Xavier. Westchester, New York for Life 6, another one we really haven't spent any time with. Uh, Logan and Charles Xavier are our characters. Japan Life 5, just Logan. Uh, World War II Pacific Life 4, we got Logan and Lieutenant Brian Xavier. World War I France for Life 3, just Logan. American West, Life 2, just Logan. And finally, Canada for Life 1, we got Logan and Captain Benedict Xavier. And, I mean, like I said, I'm feeling like we haven't even touched on a few of these lives. Am I, am I wrong? Did I, did I miss? I, I don't think there was a third miniseries going through this. Uh, this probably should have just been called, like, the Three Lives of Wolverine, or the III Lives of Wolverine. And that works, you know, for logistics and phonetic reasons. Back to comics, and it is uh, Life One's Canada, where Logan and Ben Xavier are shipping their way to shore. Now, Ben wants Logan to stay with him and come back to England with him. Uh, he says he'll even have him sworn in as an actual citizen of England. Eh, Logan ain't feeling it. Now, you see, he's got no loyalty. He ain't loyal to no flag, he ain't loyal to no anthem, and he sure as hell ain't loyal to no patch of dirt. So, part company. Uh, but not before Xavier hands over that uh, watch compass gimmick so that Logan won't ever lose his way, or something like that. And we saw this, I believe, in the first part. I believe it was uh, it had cracked glass on the, uh, on the watch. And yeah, you're probably all thinking it. Um, there's very little doubt that this is going to wind up being Chekhov's watch compass gimmick, right? I mean, it's probably going to come back around. Anyway, Logan hops overboard to return to the wilds of Canada, probably destroying the watch. I doubt it was waterproof since it's, you know, 100 years ago. Now, as he swims, present-day cerebro-helmeted Xavier is able to finally make contact, and he starts calling Logan back. Now, this reverberates all the way over to wherever the hell Mikhail and Arcady are hiding out in Russia. 
Omega Red reveals that Logan is clawing his way back in while actively carving him out. And so Wolverine, in the present, finally wakes up. He and Jean share a fairly disgusting face-eating open-mouth kiss before our hero spills the beans that he knows exactly where Omega Red is and exactly how to end this whole Mishigas. From here, it's an info page, and it's a mission log excerpt. Now, you know how I just said we didn't pay attention to a few of the lives on the double-page spread of Roll Call and Cred? Well, here's some filler in text form. I guess it's a, a variation on the Ben Percy special. We get a little bit of insight into Life 2. It uh, takes place in New Mexico. There, Logan thwarts an attempt on an ancestor of Xavier's mother named Jurgen Shields. Over to Life 3 in France, World War One, Logan thwarts an attempt on an ancestor of Xavier's mother named Aileen Fisher. So, um... I guess uh, anything that happened to Xavier's mom's side of the family didn't really warrant being drawn. Anyway, over to Russia, where Mikhail Rasputin is none too pleased that Omega Red failed in his mission. He basically tells Arcady to go F himself, which winds up getting him slashed with the Cerebro Sword. Rasputin then leaves. He enters an adjoining room, which is chock full of those Russian nesting doll soldiers that we saw over in X-Force. Now, as a parting shot, he calls Arcadia a product of the old Soviet Republic, claiming that he is not fit to be part of the new Russia. Now, it might be worth noting here that Omega Red asks to be sent back in time again, but, like, not just a few years. He's like, send me back 500 years. You know, before Logan had a life to quantum leap into, which is something that I think I said from the very start. Mikhail is not a fan of this idea, probably because he didn't think of it first. From here, we swap scenes over to Logan, who arrives in the Russian tundra via Gateway. Not a Krakoan Gateway, mind you, the aboriginal fellow who swings the rock on the string over his head, which, hey, nice attention to detail, remembering that Russia doesn't have any Krakoan gates, so three cheers for editorial. Over the next several pages, um, Wolverine and Omega Red, you know, fight. Now, Logan's got his claws, of course, and Red has his tendrils as well as the Cerebro Sword. Now, during the battle, the narrative prose gets a, a tinge of a purple to it, and uh, we see a smattering of flashback panels. We see Logan fighting who I could have sworn was Maestro from Old Man Logan, but it's actually more than likely the groundskeeper who uh, works at the Xavier Estate from the first chapter of Zlato during uh, Charles's birth. We got Logan fighting at the Omega Redified Whale. We saw that a while ago. We also see the Omega Redified Itsu choking our man out. The Omega Redified Team X Wolverine in Columbia. A Western scene we apparently don't need to care all that much about. Uh, a venomized Logan at Department H. Logan in the Middle East, which is another story bit we don't need to care much about. Uh, another one, World War I Wolverine. Another story we <laughs> don't really need to care about, apparently. And finally, World War II Wolverine aiming his plane at the kamikaze Lord Dark Wind. Now, interspersed betwixt these flashbacks, our men continue to slap meat. Logan manages to slice off Arcady's right hand. Red then hurls a tree at him. They fight some more. Uh, Red plunges the Cerebro Sword through Logan's shoulder, after which our man plunges his claws into Red's chest area and rips him in half. I... I have a feeling this was supposed to be, like, a lot more satisfying, but it wasn't. Info page. It's from Sage's Logbook, 
We find out that Russia is not happy that Mikhail's plan failed, which begs the question, the the Russian government were in on this? <laughs> like, yes, uh, yes, uh, comrade uh, Rasputin, um, send your uh, proxy through time to uh, to take out Charles Xavier. Okay. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Back to comics, and we are back to Krakoa, where Wolverine heads to the point to deliver the Cerebrosword to Sage before taking a well-deserved rest. Sage informs him that, well, his nap time's gonna have to wait, because Krakoa is currently under attack. Not only is it under attack, but it's under attack by him. The phalanx Wolverine, naturally. And we close out with the Claw family swarming the Omega Wolverine while Mora lay bleeding out in her bio-armor in the foreground. I guess we are to be concluded. But not next episode, because next episode we're going to conclude something else. We're going to wrap up the Devil's Reign X-Men tie-in. But for now, let's talk about this. And uh, with its final issue, X-Lives of Wolverine turns into a Wolverine story. You know, I mean, it's always been a Wolverine story, but here it feels more like a Wolverine issue than anything in that, well, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't dislike it, um, but there really, there isn't a whole heck of a lot to say about it, right? I have a feeling we're going to have a lot more to say after the end of X-Deaths, so we'll we'll get there when we get there, I suppose, but this, I mean, you know how we've been talking about how, like, crazy this entire series, this entire event has been? This issue, in comparison, feels almost reserved, like tame, safe even, you know? It's just, Wolverine's here, there's a fight scene, there's blood, that's it. What else is there really to say, right? Um, I I will say that if you were only buying X-Lives, and I don't know why you would be, but in in the odd event that you were, well, you ain't getting a satisfying ending. I mean, this is a final issue, in a way, so you wouldn't be getting... (laughs) A satisfying ending. Though I suppose we could argue that even if you were buying both series, um, this still wouldn't be a terribly satisfying ending to at least the, you know, Wolverine, Omega Red, Mikhail Rasputin half of Zlato, Zlato. In that I think it kind of falls into the same sort of trap a lot of Wolverine stories fall into, wherein, you know, you're trying to make it a story that's action-oriented, and you're also trying to make it somewhat poignant. You know, but you don't go far enough in either direction to, like, really stick the landing. You're just in this middle ground where we got a lot of fighting, but it's not terribly satisfying. We try to be deep and profound about Wolverine and and his identity and his lives and his history and his memories. But even there, we somehow fall short. And now we'll we'll save those observations for when we're done with uh, X-Deaths. We'll we'll try to get a, uh, a more substantial sort of reflection on this event uh, done then. But let's talk about uh, a few of the, I guess, key takeaways of this issue, and we'll start at the very beginning. We ended last issue of X-Lives with a cliffhanger, which I complained about (laughs) during that episode because it's the same sort of cliffhanger that's been used and abused ever since Hoxbox, which, I mean, we've already established doesn't carry the weight that it used to, should, or could. It was basically a non-starter, because since we read X-Deaths number four, we know that Xavier A. survived, and B. only had a flesh wound. I mean, we saw his hollow chat with Mora over in X-Deaths number four. We know he survived it. And of course, you know, I really I don't want to go down the there-are-no-stakes-anymore road again, uh, but 
Hey, it's me, and I repeat myself a lot. I, like I said during X-Lives number four, Xavier has died at least three times in the past however many weeks it's been since Hoxpox, right? So worst case scenario, at the end of X-Lives four, he's dead again. For like a minute, right? Not only that, here we also find out that being stabbed with six blades doesn't even throw him off his game a little bit. You know, Xavier's not even shaken by it. He's right there hovering over Logan, directing traffic and trying to bring him home. You'd think he'd be, I don't know, maybe for lack of a better term, distracted by having been stabbed with six blades? I don't know. Let's shift over to our bizarre big bad here, Mikhail Rasputin. Have we gotten an endgame for him yet? Like, let's say his X-Lives mission was successful. What would that look like, and why? Like, why is he trying to take out Xavier? Was that ever explained? Uh, maybe I missed it. You know, uh, my reading comprehension, just like my speaking ability, has uh, really taken a hit of late. So, um, maybe I missed it, but if this is the event's entire reason for being, I feel like his plan or his goal should have been explicitly stated at some point, perhaps even several points. Like, what exactly is he hoping to gain here? And I mean, it's not as though we haven't already seen a world set in the quote-unquote after Xavier era, right? I mean, this is a story that, you know, we've read already. You know, is Mikhail hoping for, like, a return of the Age of Apocalypse? I mean, he was a horseman there. Maybe he thinks that'd be an upgrade from being the dude who sometimes works with the Peacock Man from Xeno? Because honestly, what would a what would a world after Xavier look like? Say Omega Red was able to kill Xavier right as he's born. Well, there are a few different scenarios we can play out, and I hope this isn't setting up, like, Marvel's what-ifs of 2023 or something, because I really don't want to read these stories. Maybe this leads to a future where Magneto rises to power, only without having known Charles Xavier, so he's even more, you know, kind of nefarious and sinister and evil. Or we get another take on the Age of Apocalypse, and we've already been there multiple times. How does that help Mikhail? How does that help Russia? How does this help the new Russia? I, I, I really can't say. And finally, one last thing to touch on here, which kind of underscores how unsatisfying this, uh, this wound up being. Uh, what of Omega Red? He was ripped in half. We've already seen him die since Hoxpox, and I'm sure he's died before Hoxpox as well. Is he still dead? Is he, like, dead dead? You know, is he on the Cerebro DNR list right now? You know, like, don't ever bring this dude back. He's he almost gotta be. Right? Either that, or they're just going to gold ball him to immediately dump him into Sabretooth's guest room in the pit. Thing of it is, we're at a point right now where they could do either, both, or neither, and I really don't care. And that's kind of a shame, because if you've been listening to my coverage of this uh, event, you'll know that I was quite the cheerleader for it at first. What's more, I felt like uh, I was a very lonely cheerleader <laughs> of this series, because... Uh, you know, it was very out of character for a cynical old bastard like me to enjoy something like this, and yet, there we were, enjoying it. But at the end of the day, it was more an exercise in painting Wolverine into a corner and then really not thinking too hard about how he finds his way out. You know, I feel like a lot of, uh, a lot of attention went on how can we put Wolverine in these impossible situations. And then when it came time to deliver a payoff, like a satisfying 
payoff where Wolverine either outsmarts, outthinks, outmuscles, whatever is keeping him pinned in the corner, a plot convenience would occur, which kinda took the wind out of the entire thing. And the wrap-up being Wolverine fighting Omega Red for the 70,000th time... I don't know. I mean, where, where else could it have gone, right? It almost had to end this way, but... I don't know. It felt like it was a very low-stakes fight. It felt like... It felt like an anticlimax. And, I mean, we've talked about the deck chair rearrangement. We've talked about the upheaval in the Office of X. And so it's really kind of difficult to hold that against this series, which maybe at the end of the day was... A transitional time filler You know, we need this story Which isn't going to change a whole lot It's going to move some things forward It's going to remove some inconvenient things But in our world Its main purpose is to Buy the office some time To establish the post-Hickman status quo To me, that's a very unfortunate situation To put uh, some talented creators into And again, I'm projecting (laughs) As I always like to say I am projecting because I know nothing But I feel like... uh, I feel like this was time filler I mean, I guess we could probably say that about most books And I think we have said that about most books uh, At least of uh, of late But in, as much as I hate to say it Because it feels like such a cop-out um, You know, the only phrase that comes to mind When thinking about this right now is It is what it is Or I suppose it was what it was But um, we'll talk more about You know, this as an all-encompassing Dual miniseries event, yada yada yada. When we're when we're at X Deaths Five, but uh, that'll be another time. For now, we'll just take this one home so I can get back into uh, taxation hell. Uh, now, if anybody out there has any thoughts on Zlato, Zlato, any of the X books, uh, anything at all, really, uh, please feel free to reach out. You can find me several different ways. You can find me at Ace Comics on Twitter, Nineties X Men on Instagram. Uh, the email is weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. The voicemail is 623-396-JERK. Blog post, show notes at chrisoninfiniteearths.com. You can join us on Facebook at 90sxmen. The complete audio archives, chrisandreggie.podbean.com, available anywhere you find noise on the internet. And, of course, there is still the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash xlapsed. But I think that's going to do it for me for now. I would like to thank you all so much for choosing to spend some of your time with me today. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya.